Symphony of Shadows, Intermezzo Uno. Captain Woods had two smartly dressed soldiers walking behind him in measured paces. He felt almost herded by the two men, forced down the hallways of Aurora Boris Station orbiting Earth. The awe of it was renewed each time the captain caught a glimpse. The small pearl of a planet was the anchor of humanity's narrative. Earth had nurtured them painfully out of infancy, and now the race had matured, touching the farthest reaches of space. Captain Woods soon entered the room of General Prado. The two men behind Woods moved to the sides of the entrance. The general sat at a desk, but stood as Woods drew closer. He had never met the woman, but he had taken time to research her. She was young for her position, fifteen or so years Woods's junior. Woods made a name for himself during the Succession War, but Prado's glory had come from the more recent suppression of various rebellions throughout the universe. She was, by all accounts, a brutal woman. Looking at her in person, General Prado made Woods think of glass. She was petite in her white military uniform, and her features sharp and empty of much emotion. In her intelligent eyes, Woods saw fragility that would sooner cut than break under pressure. There was a hint of madness there, which took Woods aback. Prado must have recognized Woods's momentary flinch because she pressed the advantage. You know, Captain, I never did much like privateers. I see their use, of course. I'm not a fool. That does not mean I like them, though. It's why I don't eat pig, you see? A pause stretched until Woods realized she was actually asking him the question. I would assume it has something to do with eating an animal that bathes in mud. The general smiled, exhibiting her perfect white teeth. Even so, sometimes I'll make an exception. I'm told they are smart beasts. Your reputation precedes you, Captain. As does yours, General, Woods responded quickly, bowing his head slightly in deference. I appreciate the humility, Captain. But there's no need for it here in this room. Your effectiveness in diminishing the rebel ships and other planetary-related skirmishes throughout the universe has been admirable. And that's not even including your storied career aiding the Pontifex in her rise. One like you could charge heavily for your services, and yet I hear that the creditors are at your back. Creditors are always at one's back, ready to pick your pockets. True enough, Captain. Still, you are quite the conundrum to many in my circles. You've had every opportunity to join the Divine Republic's military, well above the level of captain, and yet you reject every offer. Your motivations elude us, and that makes many start to feel uncomfortable. A man you cannot understand is a difficult man to leash. Many fear that you are playing some game at power. Woods grinned. And what do you think, General? Prado's eyes narrowed considerably. It felt like she was trying to slice her way into his heart, 
and give it a good looking over. Woods let her. He had nothing to hide. I see a man taking the opportunities in front of him. I see a man who fancies himself a leader and one that can make a difference, but one who prefers to make his own way. A man accustomed to being followed, but who struggles with following. True enough, Woods nodded. But I also see darkness in you. Woods blinked at the comment. It could be taken any of a thousand ways, and he realized she was trying to catch him off guard again. Woods balanced himself and kept his features flat. I see determination and persistence that many your age have long since lost. General Prado continued. You have ambition and are somewhat of a hero to the public. The Pontifex herself speaks very highly of you, and she is not easy to impress. I believe you are someone others can project their hopes onto. People like that are a dying breed in the Republic. I also see an opportunity to help you succeed in a way that would cost me very little and could yield great dividends for all, yourself included. You have my attention, Captain Woods. And I am honored, but not entirely sure why you have brought me here. No one has spoken a word to me since a convoy reached my ship and brought me here at your request. I thought it would be obvious, wouldn't it? Perhaps to one like yourself, enlightened by Eos, but as you said, I am nothing but a privateer with debts that far outweigh my means and a penchant for drawing unwanted attention. Prado smirked. What a silver tongue you have. How the ladies must have fawned over you. Fond, Woods thought, past tense. How rude. Unfortunately for them, I have long been a married man, responded Woods. Prado looked at him quizzically. Woods could see her eyes flick over something invisible, which she assumed must have been his file. To the Divine Republic, he continued, allowing his lip to curl ever so slightly into a smile. Tanto del culo, Prado responded. Woods spoke no Spanish, but could tell her shoulders loosened and her posture relaxed. Have a seat, Captain. Let's get to the meat of this discussion. The general fanned her hands towards a chair, where Woods was happy to sit. He crossed his legs and pulled a cigarette from his jacket, lifting a brow to ask for permission. Prado nodded, and Woods offered the general one of her own, but she waved it away. I've brought you here because we need someone outside the normal channels and with specific experience to help us solve a problem. Woods took two long drags at the cigarette before answering. And what problem might that be, General? Enough playing coy, Captain. I've read your book, as have many in the Divine Republic, both commoner and top brass alike. Your adventures during the War of Succession are well known, if not somewhat embellished. I assure you, General, the only embellishments made in my memoir were for the sake of propriety on the behalf of my readers. There were many horrors during those years, many of which I still keep locked away somewhere deep in my own mind for fear of going mad. The book touches on many points of my journey, though. Woods looked for an ashtray, but found none. Prada reached for a glass from her private bar and handed it to him. What part of my story in particular is this conversation concerned with? I would like to know more about your time as a privateer 
working in the Constellation Sector. I am most interested in your tale of the remote planet of Madagas. A mere footnote in my memoirs. What about it? You don't do yourself justice, Captain. A whole chapter was dedicated to the experience. You went there to follow up on a rumor about pirates and found that men who had once terrorized merchants and trade ships had been reduced to beasts. Prado's nose flared as if she had just caught the stench of something foul. Woods hoped it wasn't from the smoke. Not beasts, exactly. Woods flicked his cigarette into the cup. Or at least not how I think you imagined them to be. They had been stranded there for twenty or more years when I found them. These were people who had been removed from civilization, you see. Already corrupted by their way of life, rejected by society. They took on characteristics that I imagine our most ancient of ancestors once embodied. They built crude living spaces in the nooks and crevices of the planet, ate what they could grow in those dark places, and barely used any tech. There were even youth, conceived and born on the planet. It was unlike anything I had seen before. I would have suspected that these formerly supposedly evil men and women would have eaten each other alive, perhaps even literally. These past pirates had been reduced to a baser version of themselves, but were also more innocent for it. When I asked them if they would like to return to the Divine Republic, I imagined they would have balked. They likely would have faced imprisonment for past deeds, or worse besides, depending on their reputation. But they jumped at the chance. Some even begged for it, right at my feet, crying and drooling like lost children. Woods took another drag and shrugged his shoulders. I brought them aboard and dropped them at the closest magistrate. Apologies, General, but... Why has this caught your attention enough to bring me all the way here and meet with you personally? Do you know what happened to those pirates after you left them at the magistrate? Yes, in fact. I didn't follow up immediately, of course. There was a war and money to be made disrupting supply lines and trade for the enemy. After the war, I was curious, though, especially after I published my memoir. Many of them were pardoned for their deeds and returned to the lives of commoners. Somehow I found one of the children that was born on the island, and she spoke fondly of her parents, and had a child of her own on the way. Quite surreal. And do you know what happened to many of your privateering colleagues after the succession war? Woods smiled. Quite a few of them didn't adjust to returning to civilization after the war. In fact, Many of them turned to the only thing they were any good at. He took a last drag of the cigarette and pressed it down into the ash-laden cup. Taking. Least of all your old comrade, Captain Sornois. Prado stood and took the ash-filled cup to her bar. She took two clean cups and filled one with amber liquid. Would you like a drink, Captain? Woods blinked at the name. My apologies, but I must refuse. The drink and I have a poor relationship, and we've both decided it best if we just stay away from one another. Prado lifted the glass to her lips and took a small sip. You are correct, of course. Odd how those who began on the side of the Divine Republic turned on us, and those that were our enemies were so willing to return. It has got me and much of the military council thinking that our approach with the pirates thus far 
has not been the most pragmatic. She gulped down the rest of the drink and moved to her desk. The general grabbed a crisp sheet of paper and handed it to Woods, who took it with some apprehension. Read, Prado commanded. Woods obliged, and immediately his eyes widened. You cannot be serious. Is this signed by the Pontifex herself? It is, and this is no joke. As you know, what makes the Constellation Sector so complicated is its immense wealth of resources, tempered by the existence of the pirates and their Eos-damned pseudo-planet Providence that they stole from us all those years ago. Since the Sector's discovery, it has been a breeding ground for pirates and their like, and we're no closer to eliminating them now than we were a hundred years ago. For the most part, we suffer these pests so long as they do not overreach, but things have changed. They've slowly built up their own government and become increasingly organized and clever in their pirating. Whole sections of the Constellation Sector are now untraversable without considerable bribery or protection. They've even infiltrated the Senate using the wealth and influence they've accrued. It is unacceptable, and with the rise of the People's Liberation Front, we are too distracted abroad to properly deal with them. Woods looked at the piece of paper again and back up to General Prado. Even so, Woods considered for several moments, there is more to this, isn't there? Even if everything you say is true, this has been the case for some time now. Perhaps the pirates are growing in power, but compared to the might of the Divine Republic, they are nothing but a nuisance to be crushed at our earliest convenience. Woods turned the paper to Prado. So why are you offering to pardon every single one of them? Prado smiled. You are a clever man, Captain. I share this information with you only because I know of your loyalty to the Republic. But if you tell anyone, I will personally see to it that you are given a new home on Pluto to work the mines. You have my word, Commander. I'll tell no one. Prado nodded. There has been a recent breakthrough in gate technology, perhaps the greatest since their conception. As you know, the gates puncture a hole through space, which allows us to travel light years in an instant. This has been a clumsy process, though, as we have been unable to perfect the technology. Every time we open a new gate at great expense to the Republic, we are never certain where the other side will be. Once a gate has been opened, it can only open to the same place as before. That, we think, is a hurdle we have now finally overcome. Woods took another cigarette out and lit it, grabbing the cup with the ash. He sat there for a long time, silently sucking down the tobacco like he was gulping fresh air after almost drowning. He considered how all these pieces fit and finally responded. You have discovered another sector, haven't you? One that is as good or perhaps even better than the Constellation Sector. Prado smiled. Indeed, Captain. We do not wish to repeat the mistakes of the past and allow for these pirates to dig their dirty claws into another sector we've worked so hard to develop. We need a fast way to deal with the pirate problem and the Republic is willing to look the other way on past deeds if they fall into line. 
Why me, of all people? Surely you must have diplomats better suited to the task. To be frank, you were suggested because of your relationship with Captain Sornwa. The pirates call themselves a democracy, but you and I both know it is Sornwa who pulls the strings. If not for him, the whole enterprise likely would have fallen apart years ago. You fought alongside him during the Succession War. The Pontifex has told me of how close you were, how much you trusted one another. That was a long time ago, said Woods. I haven't spoken to him since he left Pontifex Caladi's service, and not on the best of terms, I might add. Prado shrugged. But you and him had no quarrel. We could send a diplomat of some regard, but the pirates won't trust someone so close to the Republic. From you, though, there is a chance. We even offer jobs and riches to those willing to help bring society to the new sector. There'll be plenty of work to do. If the pardon comes from your hands, there is a chance you can convince Sornwa and his followers to join civilization again. That, this offer, is no ploy. Is it? asked Woods. A ploy? Prado shared an incisive smile with Woods. No, we have every intention of honoring the agreement. And if they don't accept, asked Woods. Prado frowned. I cannot say for certain. But you know, Woods blew out smoke in a great haze. Don't you? There are some things better not discussed, even in private. Suffice to say, the future of the human race has been paved with the blood of our enemies. But also, many innocents and heroes have made great sacrifices to bring us where we are today. Do you understand? They mean to close the gate if they reject the offer, thought Woods as he nodded absently and stood. He paced the room, occasionally looking at the pardon letter from the pontifex. The weight of it all crushed him. Many lives hung in the balance of not only his choice, but his success. It would be an easy thing to reject the mission and let someone else fail. But could I live with myself if I knew I could have done something? Prado was right. It could only be him. Woods finally came to the bar and poured two drinks. He downed both, then filled them again and handed one to Prado. I have three conditions, Woods responded, if I am to agree to this. Prado nodded her head for him to continue. I'll be given a ship and crew and any resources within reason that I will need to accomplish the job. I will not put my own crew at risk for this. Of course, consider it done. Second, the Republic will leave the methods of this task to my sole discretion and not interfere, even if there is disagreement. I will have complete authority over the direction of this mission. I cannot fully promise that, as there are those above me. But you have my word that I will not interfere, and I will vouch for you should there be dissent amongst my colleagues. Agreed, responded Woods. And last, asked Prado, curious, you will make me governor of the Constellation Sector upon success of the mission. Prado raised a brow which shimmered like a dagger in the sun. You are bold, Captain. I imagined you would have asked us to pay off your debts. 
My debts are my own to deal with, and likely a governorship of such a lucrative sector would diminish the pursuit of my creditors anyway. You said it yourself, Wood smirked. I am an ambitious man and loyal to the Republic. Who better to administrate the sector than I, who has had experience both there and with many of the people you plan to pardon? But don't think about what it means for me. Think about what it means for you, Woods continued. If this is a success, it will be your success, and if it is a failure, it will be my failure. You have nothing to lose and much to gain by giving me control. I guess I should have expected this, Prado considered silently. You are a difficult man to predict, Woods. I'll be frank. I do not trust you, but I trust that you can accomplish this, and that there are few others who would be capable. The Republic agrees to your terms. I will have lawyers draw up an official agreement, and in the meantime, you will get us a list of supplies and a crew, so that you can begin the journey immediately. Woods nodded and offered his hand. Prado took the hand and squeezed hard. The grip was not what he would have expected from such a slight woman, crushing his knuckles together. She stared madly into his eyes. Do not fail me, Captain. There is much to be gained, but if we lose, especially now, it will be disastrous for the Republic. You have my word. Woods lifted the remainder of his drink in the air. Prado clinked her own against his, and they both finished the amber liquid. Woods took the last drag of his cigarette and put it out. I'll be victorious for you, for her radiance, and for Eos herself. Captain Woods saluted the general with more confidence than he felt and left her offices. The two soldiers fell in behind him again, corralling him like a sheep to slaughter, but his mind was already on to planning and visions. Glory. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio, written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect to Synapse. That's the number two. Or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com. <laughs>